They say everyone has a book inside them, and often that's where it should stay. I really can't help but be aghast that the author wants you to pay. But we're just a pair of absolute bookends who don't want to be like us. So if you want to read, pick some quality literature rather than this dross. Hello, people of Earth. Welcome to Two Absolute Bookends, the show where we read through and analyse books so bad that you should burn them before reading. I'm Peter, and I'm here with Louis. Hello. This is episode number one, Deep Space Trade Voyage Station 58. And this week, we've been reading The Way the Stars Fall, Rebirth, Chapter 1. Generally, I try and read good books. I, If I'm correct, you don't really read at all, Louis? No. Okay. That's that's good. That puts you in the right space for what we're doing. But and but you know, I've I've come I came across this book a few years ago. Uh, called The Ways the Stars Fall Rebirth by Lewis Stockton. Who, let's be honest, you haven't heard of. But that's okay. <laughs> I'd like to think that maybe someone has. Well, that would be amazing actually. Well, I'm pretty sure there was like one other person that bought the book at my run, other than me and him. So yeah, you see, you should probably explain uh, that we have different versions of the book. Yeah, you see, Louis, the lucky devil, got his book just like a couple of days ago, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Whereas I have a first edition from four years ago. I think there was only like, I think it was only three. It's hard to tell because. You know, this guy doesn't know me, so I gleaned most of this from, like, his Twitter. <laughs> but, yeah, that's right. But, but anyway, so, you know, I'm I'm an OG Lewis Stockton fan. You know, like, for a couple of years, you couldn't even buy this book because he got some not-so-great reviews for this and other work and kind of lost heart, and he took it off off but you know a few weeks ago i was super hyped to find out that he's put it back up with a new cover apparently re-edited i've had a quick look at lewis there are some definite changes but they seem fairly minor but like but just bear that in mind we have two different versions so we should be uploading like the audio of us reading through this book beforehand so that you can be along for the ride with us if you don't want to stretch out to buy a copy of the book yourself but you know i i think you should support this guy i i i hope i want him to publish a sequel he wants to make it a trilogy i think we should give him the support make it happen but you know i i understand that not everyone can afford to spend eight pounds on a book so especially this book so yeah i'm just trying to even level the playing field for you all but yeah you said uh that I've got the second edition. It's uh, it's not exactly an improvement <laughs> uh, from from the differences that we've seen. Uh, there are actually things worse in the second edition, which is quite amazing. Yeah, it's quite baffling. I mean, it, I say it, he's removed some spelling mistakes, but he's also added some spelling mistakes. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think removed is the wrong word. I think moved is a better <laughs> word. He's moved some some mistakes from. One place to another. Yeah, that's, that's definitely a good way to put it. <laughs> I think the the biggest difference that we noticed straight away was the uh, the thickness of the book. Oh yeah. Um, 
I think yours is uh, twice as thick as this book. Yeah, my book is in a ridiculous format. It's it's like double spaced for one thing. There's double? I think triple. Possibly, possibly. Uh, and there are blank pages at the end of a lot of the chapters, you know, just to bulk it out a bit, along yep. with a couple of uh, note-taking pages at the back. But I think you have more of them than me, actually. Yeah, I think he... Uh... He expected his readers of the second edition to make a well, more notes. Well, you know, it's a very <laughs> in-depth story, you know. This is, you know, this is like some Game of Thrones shit, but he doesn't have sort of like family trees at the back like George R. R. Martin, so you've got to make your own. He believes in making his readers work for their entertainment. So what's the, yeah, so what's the final page count of your one, just out of interest? Um, so the 169. Yeah, mine's 286. So, but th- no, it's the same amount of chapters, you know. And from what yep. we can tell, there they've not been changed significantly in length, so should be about the same. But yeah, and also the the numbering's mental. That the title page of the book is number one, and it has a number <laughs> one underneath it. I've never seen a book do that before. <laughs> like my, my version doesn't have a page one. Uh, the numbering starts on two, uh, and not on the first chapter so it's the first page which is page two is the copyright page which is actually one two three four five six seven eight nine pages in nice nice uh so yeah you've heard from me and some mutual friends about this guy and his uh and his writings before and like i was i was shocked you know i thought you were joking when you said that you were buying the book but goddamn, if you didn't actually do it, <laughs> I mean, it did just—it did just sound amazing uh, from what you told me. Yeah, I'm uh, hoping it won't disappoint. And, You've only read the first yeah. chapter so far, <laughs> and after the first edition went down, you know, I didn't want to uh, miss out again. Exactly, um, you know, it could go down any time now. I mean, he's already gotten another negative review on the page, which <laughs> wasn't from either of us. I want to put out there right now. That might sound like a curiously specific denial, but it's true. We have no idea who did that. No. Uh, and it seems to be entirely justified from someone who was just reading the preview bit that he did, as they claimed. But yeah, whatever. Yeah, that that preview in of itself is. Uh... Is worth talking about because <laughs> because there are so many pages before the first actual page. Uh, when you look at the preview, uh, you scroll through. It gives you about ten pages, I think, of of like you know that you can look at before you buy. He selected to mostly uh, use that for blank pages. <laughs> yeah, and copyright. Uh, and then there's one page at the end, which is the first. The first page of actual text. Yeah, like um, I think like, and that was enough for the, that person to rule out buying it. Yeah, I mean, I I can I can sympathise with that. You know, he he doesn't he doesn't have the deep understanding of like the law behind this guy that I do. So I can understand how like you know someone the, the casual uh, observer walking along might see this and go, not for me, but but we know better. <laughs> Yeah, you've got to get through those first ten blank pages. <laughs> but after that, it's all smooth sailing. Mm. But yeah, so that's how we both got got hold of our books. And, you know, I basically just wanted a reason to do this book. But then, after looking around, we realised that there doesn't seem to be any other 
like podcasts, or at least not popular podcasts, anyway, that are reading bad books and taking the piss out of why they're bad. So we thought, why not fear? Why not Phil? We thought we'd also make a not popular podcast about uh, <laughs> reading bad books. Yeah, I mean, we're realistic, but you know, it gives it gives me the excuse to like keep feeding this bizarre obsession I have with a slight, you know, it gives the slight veneer of sort of like reasonableness to it for as long as this, uh, as long as this thir- first thirty episodes as we go over the chapters lasts. Yeah, so um, the first thing I noticed looking at my version mm-hmm. is that uh, on the, f- the first page, as you turn open the book, mm-hmm. the um, it, it gives you the title of the book, The Way the Stars Fall, Rebirth, mm-hmm. uh, but it's not centred <laughs> on the page. Nice. It's, it's, uh, it's sort of right aligned, almost. Uh, I'm not too sure if that's a printing error or his error but then two pages into that um again it has the title for some reason Hmm. um (laughs) and his i assume company ilmarion incorporated oh yeah that's him yeah which i think is referenced in the book is it not uh it's ilmarion yeah it's referenced all about that's like his that has a uh a small sort of I don't know what to call it, really. Uh, a small... Um, <laughs> well, it's where it says, Forward is the only way home. Which is, I guess, sign of what's to come. Yeah. And that isn't centred, <laughs> and yet the rest of that page is, which is quite odd. Oh. Uh, so we haven't even reached, well, actual chapters. Yeah, actual and it's book. terrible. <laughs> yeah. He he literally failed in making a book, <laughs> like not, not even making a quality piece of text, but actually making a yeah, book. Yeah, the he physical can't side of it. Yeah. Um, so that's a good start. Very good. So what? So what was your overall impression of the first chapter? Should we get a, give a very brief overview of what happens in it? <clears throat> yeah, I think so. So um, it starts off describing uh, a ship. Uh, and this book is mainly set in space, as I understand. I should also point out that I have not read this book. Uh, I'm reading it as we go, uh, where, whereas Peter has read this. Have you read it more than once? Uh, I've only read it completely once. I've read various excerpts of it, you know, in the future. <laughs> just out of disbelief. <laughs> yeah, just, just, you know, the highlights. I mean, I... You know, it's not a very long book, but it's quite hard to get through in one session. You know, mm-hmm. I had to, I had to keep taking little breaks from it when I was doing it the first time. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't really know what's coming up, which is quite exciting. Um, but yeah, but I know we're... It, it's seems to be set in space. Yeah, it, it, um, it's a sci-fi, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, and it uh, we meet our hero of the story, Jack Hunter. Um, who is a captain of a ship. Yeah. A transport ship, I think. Yeah, transport ship trading and stuff. And and he is basically trying to get to a station to drop off some goods. Mm-hmm. That's what the first chapter is, it seems yeah, like. Yeah, and he succeeds. He docks... He, well, he, does. he succeeds in docking in the station. He gets left on a, on a lift up, uh, up to see the trade person. 
and he does actually get his. Oh no, it do... no he doesn't. It says this is where he will receive his payslip, but he doesn't actually receive yeah, it. Yeah, he hasn't got it yet. Exciting. Yeah, and also there's a little teaser that at the end he gets into a. Uh, also in the elevator is a woman who he will be sharing more of the story with, which he actually <laughs> says at the end of the chapter. That's not me foreshadowing. Mm. Yeah, that's I. Like I've I have read some like actually published books that do that, and I'm can't say I'm a massive fan of it in any of them, but they're generally still not quite as ham fisted as they usually are in this. <laughs> yeah, that last paragraph uh is five lines long and it's one sentence in my version. I think in your version yeah, it's... it's two. There is one full stop which you decide to switch out for a comma in your one. Baffling. Yeah, make, <laughs> make it much, much worse. Much, much harder to read. Yeah, we were actually saying while we were reading this that the structure of some sentences is so poor that it's actually hard to tell whether we're just reading it badly or that is actually how badly it's written. Yeah, like if you go through the readings, like. You might you might hear things that sound like mistakes, and that may be on us. Like Louis picked up on one that I said wrong. I can't be bothered to change it. It's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's it's as good as yeah, what he wrote. But there are also going to be plenty of of me just reading the spelling mistakes as they appear in the book. So mm-hmm. you know one, that, you know yeah. if someone can work out what are the things that I read wrong and what are the things that are written wrong, then well you, you don't get anything. Kudos. <laughs> I mean, if we become <laughs> successful, you might get a t- you might get a two bookends T-shirt or something. Yeah, there we go. That's. I like how we're not going to give away bookends, <laughs> like a bookends T-shirt, yeah. which I guess you could use as bookends. But yeah, right. you like bu- scrumple bunch them up, up, shove them in at the edge. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Fantastic. Yeah. So at the end of the chapter, he meets a girl, who, um, as I understand it. Uh, well, as you said, he's going to spend more time I, with her. I don't think it's a spoiler to say that she's deeply involved in the plot of the story to go on. Mm. You know, it's, you know, I mean, if you look at the cover of my one, you know, it's quite clear there is a important red-headed female character in the book. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh yeah, we've got really different covers as well between the two versions. That's another yeah, weird thing. So, <laughs> as you said, yours is... Uh... Is two characters sort of embracing? Yeah, in front of a helmet on a gun, in sort of like, sort of like it's superimposed over a sort of like spacescape kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, mine is is sort of a metallic. Uh, well, it just it looks like a sheet of metal, sort of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nothing, nothing really to say about it. Uh, it doesn't really sound stand out as a book. It's more like a a manual. <laughs> Yeah, that is what it looks like. Yeah. And also, uh, speaking of the cover and the back, uh, no blurb on mine. Nothing. Mm. I found that interesting. Yeah, I'm... Uh, when I first uh, got it, I was like, oh, I want to see what this is about. Look on the back. No. You have to just find out yourself. Yeah, you, my one has a blurb on it, and it's about the same as the blurb that your version has on Lulu, which is where right, he's okay. publishing this. If you wanna, If you want to buy it, guys, going to keep pushing this. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, should, I'll uh, add links we'll put... <laughs> yeah. somewhere. I don't know where. I I, I need to work on the two bookends, uh, like internet presence for this. You know. Mm-hmm. What is your um? What does your blurb say? By okay, the way? a lone transport is thrown into a life of war. 
Insurrection survival as they try to return home. Transformed into a battleship, the ITF Tranquility, commanded by Captain Jack Hunter, must fight old friends turned foe, warring insurrectionists, and overcome an awakened enemy. Getting his crew home is his only mission. He cannot turn back or stop moving. Forward is the only way home. Uh, one thing, I accidentally corrected a spelling mistake on the blurb. It actually says wearing insur insurrectionists. <laughs> As opposed to warring. I just, I just can't believe that there's a mistake on the blurb. I know, I mean, like, it's, well, this is like, it's, it's an actual word, so spell check didn't pick it up, so he assumed <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> I just noticed a mistake that I've never seen before, actually, and I... Without opening the book, there was a mistake again <laughs> on the uh, on the spine. Mm. Uh, did you notice this mistake? It says so. The the title of the book is "The Way the Stars Fall Rebirth." Mm -hmm. uh, on the spine, it says "The Way the Stars Fall Rebirth." Rebirth. <laughs> really? Yeah. Mine doesn't have that. Mine's correct. Yeah. The the, <laughs> the original. The way the stars fall. <laughs> rebirth. Colon. Rebirth. Just in oh case. Oh my god. <laughs> you you weren't sure. So what is that? It's a re. A re rebirth. Re rebirth. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Reborn again, again. That's that's just I've greedy. Never, I never, yeah, I never noticed that before. <laughs> but anyway, so, like, like, how should we do this? Like, I I've got some notes of some things that I got reading through it that I wanted to bring up. Yeah, I certainly, uh, I certainly do as well. Um, one thing that I thought I'd bring up straight away is, uh, what does ITF stand for? <laughs> Uh, is it ever explained? Because the ship that he flies, Jack Hunter, is uh, is called the ITF Tranquility. Um, I th I don't. Yeah. I think it means it must stand for something like Ilmarian Trade Fleet, but I don't think it ever like openly says what it stands for. That's me like yeah. using my deepest lore knowledge to sort of like. It seems like the, the ship that is in the first sentence, you know, and we're probably going to see quite a lot throughout the book. Don't know what it means. Yeah. ITF Tranquility. No idea. Yeah. I, yeah, it must be Ilmarian Transport Fleet. Or Fleet. Fleet. Or Trade. Uh, or Trade Fleet. Yeah, because it yeah. says it's one of the oldest transports in the Ilmarian Transport and Trade Fleet, it says on, like, the next page. Yeah, but that does. has two T's. Surely it should be the ITTF tranquility. Mm. <laughs> Look at us. <laughs> yeah, Improving the already book. Already <laughs> correcting his mistakes. Like what? One thing. One. One of the first things that gets me is sort of like the description of his ship, which is slightly different in both our versions. That's one of the first. Like he clearly put some work into re-editing the first chapter because changed that a bit. Yeah, it is interesting that it's not, it's not just a reissue. He is he has actually made changes to the book. Uh, so one thing I noticed was the way he describes the shape of the ship in mine is that it was as wide, it was wide at its stern and thin. Oh, sorry, I'm reading this terribly. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> the ship was wide at its stern and thin at its bow, and. I think yours is something different. Yeah, uh, my one is, it was wide at its reed, which is a spelling mistake. I'm pretty sure it's meant to be rear. So it's wide at its rear and thin at its front, giving the ship an almost arrow shape, with the front bow shaped like a prow, which I just want to point out is a tautology. It's like 
you know, the, the, the bow is shaped like a prow. A bow is part of a prow on a ship. <laughs> it is shaped like itself. Yeah, and I just realised that reed, when you told me the difference of reed, uh, that's quite interesting that it's spelling mistake. I thought he meant it was thin like a reed or something. Uh, yeah, is it? I don't think that's... It's, no. it's The sentence is written all wrong for it to be like that. <laughs> I think in this chapter, that's the... Oh no, there is one other difference. Um, so, first thing to mention is that he has come up with his own system for uh, time units. Units of time. Oh yeah. Um, but he tends to use it indiscriminately. So, instead of years... He's used galactic standard cycles, mm-hmm. uh, which he often shortens to cycles. Um, but he still uses months, which I like. Uh, instead of hours, so. he uses arm. But yeah, so that's the thing. Yeah, arm instead of hours. Which but I, I... that's never—it's never actually explained what an arm is. It—it it just says after waiting half an arm for the traffic control tower to give them access to the docking. I mean, you. I think we're just meant to work con- it out from context. Yeah, I mean, but it it just annoys me. That it, much like ITF, it never actually says what it is. It annoys me uh, that it's. It more just annoys me that it's like inconsistent between between going with like fantasy future space time things and just normal. It's like you know he stole cycles and arms from Farscape. A far better sci-fi show. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. So but, they are—they're actually a thing. Yeah, but that's why I just immediately knew what he was going for with them. Like maybe he's like—he's uh, sort of like assuming prior sci-fi knowledge. But the thing is, he doesn't commit like in in Farscape. Instead of minutes, they had microts and other sort of like expanded fake time units. I just don't get yeah, I mean, why he hasn't committed. <laughs> there's not exact—it's not exactly a lot of them. Like he, he basically went. Uh, so cycles for years, and uh, I don't care. Arms, hours, yeah, that's enough. Yeah. Like I'm not going to use any of the others. They can be normal. <laughs> except he says cycles, and then in the same sentence says months, which is which is good. Yeah. Well, it help, helps us work out. Does he say that he's only been capt- captain for a cycle? He says 12 months ago, but maybe that's only like half a cycle. We don't know. We're not actually told how they yeah. relate. Maybe forty-year-old Captain yeah. Jack's as Jack is like uh, I don't know eighty, or maybe it's six months to a cycle. Maybe he's only twenty, and some of the things he does later in the book yeah. is illegal. We just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jack gets up to uh, he sure does. Stuff. <laughs> um, so yeah, talking about time periods is. Oh no, sorry, we didn't finish the uh the differences in the oh, yeah, in sorry. Our versions. So talking about talking about arms, um so it says after waiting half an arm for the traffic control tower to give them access to the docking, and a- another half an arm moving the ship. So in yeah. your version that's arm, mm-hmm. and it's clearly meant to be arm. Um but in the re edit he went, No, that's important stylistic choice there. <laughs> like how I... Yeah. I just wonder how, in re-editing it, you can edit something wrong when it's like the same sentence, even other than that. You know, he's not done anything else to the sentence <laughs> other than make that wrong. It's like I don't know whatever he used to edit this, like Word or something. 
autocorrect. Like, you don't mean Arn. <laughs> on just that. What are you talking about, Arns? You mean Arm. Silly Jack. Yeah, so uh, talking about the uh, time durations, quite a funny uh, mistake is when he talks about... Uh, so Jack Hunter has is the captain of this ship, the ITF Tranquility. Um, and it says, when it describes Jack's voice, it says his voice was rough and that he'd seen many galactic standard cycles as the captain of this ship. Uh, and then, I think, not the next sentence, but the sentence after that, he says uh, he was only just reaching the beginning as captain. Yeah. He had just made captain so, 12 months ago and was getting used to being con. But like yeah. I say, may- maybe that's like two cycles. We don't know how they relate. <laughs> may- maybe that's enough to that's make true. it... That's like, true. So... Like the... Like, pay attention to these particular timestamps. This is going to come up a lot in the next episode, where I look at the, like, time frame of some events far more closely than they deserve. But it is all fucked up. He has not paid attention. He has not, like, done, like, a timeline of this at all. Yeah, so if he's been captain for many cycles... He has only been captain for 12 months. So that must mean that... Yeah, there must be many cycles within 12 months. So let's say that there's four cycles in 12 months. <laughs> How old does that make him? That would make him like 13, <laughs> 13 I think. 10, right? <laughs> no, he's 40 cycles. Let's say there were four cycles so in 12 months. Three. <laughs> I like your maths. This is why I maths. <laughs> So he's a 13-year-old <laughs> captain of a ship whose from voice his is hard rough. Years as captain, <laughs> from his hard three cycles as captain. Or far more likely, he didn't bother to reread this even when editing. Uh, somehow he just let that yeah, white wash over him. Just like, I wrote it. Must be gold. Must be gold. Mm-hmm. Immediately oh, yeah, just, himself. While, while we're talking about this, I just want to point out that the, it, I'm not sure if you changed this in your version, but the first word that Captain Jack says in the book, how does she fare? In my book, misspelt. Wrong type of fare. F-A-I-R. Uh, how's it spelled in yours? Yeah, he wants that's F-A-R-E. That is just, mm-hmm. I just think that's emblematic that the first line out of our incompetent main character's mouth is just, maybe that's what Captain Jack meant to say. Maybe that's what he meant. I could believe it. <laughs> Also, <laughs> yeah, he is only thirteen. <laughs> also, uh, so, just a side note: it's a cramped bridge of of this ship, uh, and yet it's the biggest. It's described as the biggest well, bulk transport of its yeah, time. That, I know. Terrible well, design. Exactly. I guess that's where no, they get you, the space. No living conditions. You know, it's all it's all co- it's all yeah. haulage space. I like the uh, detail he goes into in describing the chair. He loves that, that chair. Jack sits on. The old leather of the chair creaked mm. as he moved. Yeah. Oh, part of that next bit, like, annoys me too much, where Bradley, the second helmsman, can't remember if he's ever mentioned by name again. He's not important, even if he does come <laughs> up. So it's like, hull integrity at 97%. Brief session where the deflector went down, and we took a small hit from a micron of dust. But we are just fine. How? A micron? That's like a thousandth of a centimetre. 
of dust. Yeah, What's what it a made terrible of? Hole. I don't care how fast your space. I don't care if you're moving at light speed. That little dust shouldn't like hold your ship. And of what I know, which by three percent, that doesn't sound like just fine. That sounds like if you're not in like the middle of like a life or death situation, a eh? power everything down and fix a three percent hole in our fucking ship. But no, according to Captain Jack, it's good, good, you know. Only 3% of my hull's been fractured by fucking minute space debris. The minutest of space debris. Because our deflector shields are apparently on the fritz, but it's all good, good. It's like, what? Do we ever meet the first helmet? I can't say. I, I remember. We might do. Maybe this is Bradley's only time to shine. <laughs> Enjoy yeah. it while it lasts, guys. I like the uh, something that I think having a skim through. As I haven't read it, I have skimmed through it a bit. Um, there's uh, quite a lot of random capitalization of words, um, which I think actually in that review that's on <laughs> his uh, his Lulu, uh, I think that's one thing that was mentioned was the random yeah. capitalization of of words that had no need to be capitalized. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not just us. There's <laughs> oh, just so much wrong. We're yeah. just the most passionate, but it's not just us. Yeah, I mean it's got the smallest uh sort of what is it? The smallest uh bit where the people sit. <laughs> what is it? Uh bridge, that's it. Yeah, the smallest bridge. bridge and it says um that the sh- the chair had been on the ship for about as long as it had been built, so they built it without a chair at first. And the captain was like, "You know what? I'm uh, tired of standing up." Well, you see, <laughs> that that's probably why it's so cramped. It was designed for them all to be standing, but these folks yeah. thought they knew better and put seats in. So now there's no room to move. Yeah, <laughs> they were trying to be modern. It's like I. Wood leather that's being like constantly used, keep for two hundred years. Has, yeah, has he been like creaky? Has he been like been getting it resurfaced? Because that's like I know there are like two hundred year old chairs with leather that survive, but people haven't like sat on them for the last fifty years because they don't want them to get ruined. Mm. But I don't know. I, I'm I'm not into antiquing, so I might be off base on that one. Yeah, that's actually something I wrote down in my notes <laughs> that they they. Never change the chair. Never change the leather. Same it's, leather. It's perfect, just the way it is. I like I like Jack's use of the chair as well. Excellent commanding of the ship, where he apparently Jack Hunter sat still in the command seat and occasionally pressed the buttons on the small console. I know that. That's such like a lackadaisical and sort of like 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 no idea what he's doing. Just see there's like flick flick casually. Yeah. It's like I've Bradley's got no like, idea. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Please, sir, you just turned off the engines. Sir, this is why the deflector shield went down and we took a hit from that dust earlier. Stop flicking things. Oh, Jack, you're incorrigible. You learn a little bit more about Jack's history, but no, it's not that interesting, really. You know, he got on this transport ship 20 years ago to work. His dad wanted him to be in be in the Republic Defence Force, but Jack wanted to be a trader, so he spent the last 20 years of his life working his way up the pecking order to become captain of this hunk of rust. Is this going to be like one of those, um, what are they called? 
those uh, High School Musical stories where his dad wants him to be uh, <laughs> like a, a football player and they just want to dance. I just, I just want to trade. <laughs> I just want to trade across the galaxy, Dad. I ain't about that violence. No son of mine will trade. <laughs> this is a fighting household. No stinking traders have ever come from our family. You just don't get it, Dad. And then it ends in a big trade-off. <laughs> where they all just trade. <laughs> I think that, that has the potential to be a more interesting, certainly a less derivative book than this one's going to prove to be. But getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> so then uh, so then after we learn a bit more about uh, Jack Hunter, um, he they reach the station that they're bound for with possibly the longest name ever for a... Uh, <laughs> I can't believe I, I just almost said the longest name ever for a station, as if I was about... Like, there are many names for a station. But uh, he definitely could have could have picked a, a shorter one than Deep Space Trade Voyage Station 58. Or D-S-T-Y-S-58 for short, which is still a bloody mouthful. Yeah, and he doesn't use that. Uh, abbreviation throughout the book, so he still refers to it. He does occasionally, as... but he does more often than not use the full name. <laughs> yeah, Deep Space Trade Voyage Station just Fifty Eight, just to pump up the word count a bit. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's just like I, I can't believe that people wouldn't just say like Station Fifty Eight or something if they are in like the same part of space. Maybe there are other X stations, 58s around, but there can't be any near here that are, that are another station, 58. Just I can just imagine, you know, someone like dying because they're trying to say that full name out to someone. It's like, please, we need to be warped aboard, bang. No time, can't say it all. <laughs> <laughs> and then he uh, he goes into quite a lot of detail, or. Probably too much detail than is actually needed about how the ship uh, rotates. Oh fuck! This is this is the bombshell I found out. Do you want to know? Do you want to know something about this whole next section where he talks about the Taurus? Okay. It is almost verbatim copied from the Wikipedia page of about Stanford Tauruses. So yeah, <laughs> for for everyone who doesn't know, including me, what is the Stanford Taurus? <laughs> Um, well, it's a sort of like, it's a proposed theoretical design for a sort of like permanent space station habitat with its own kind of gravity, you know. It's sort of like, think of sort of like ring worlds, like the Halo from Halo, but actually mm -hmm. made kind of like believable with with rough, with human technology, you know, because it's sort of like shut in kind of thing as opposed to being open and having to generate enough gravity to hold in a, to hold in an atmosphere on its like thin sliver and that kind of stuff. But yeah, so like I'm going to read both the Wikipedia article and what he says to see just they are the same. So it's just like, so it's just like the entire place was a giant Stanford Taurus, which consisted of a Taurus or donut-shaped ring that was 1.8 kilometers in diameter and rotated once per minute to provide between 0.9 g and 1 g of artificial gravity on the inside of the outer ring via centrifugal force. A nearby sun provided sunlight to the station, which was reflected into the interior of the Taurus by a system of mirrors. The ring itself was connected to the hub via a number of spokes, which served as conduits for people and materials traveling to and from the hub. 
the interior space of the Taurus ring was used as a living space, and was large enough that a natural environment could be simulated to give the people on the station an environment they were suitable with. The Taurus itself appeared similar to a long, narrow, straight glacial valley whose ends curved upwards and eventually met overhead to form a complete circle. The population density of the station was similar to a dense suburb on a colony or one of the Republic planets, with part of the ring dedicated to agriculture, housing, industry and trade. Now, I know this is long, but this is important. Now I'm going to read the Wikipedia article when speaking of the Stanford Taurus. It consists of a torus, or donut-shaped ring, that is 1.8 kilometres in diameter and rotates once per minute to provide between 0.9g and 1g of artificial gravity on the inside of the outer ring via centrifugal force. Sunlight is provided to the interior of the Taurus via a system of mirrors. The ring is connected to the hub via a number of spokes, which serve as conduits for people and materials travelling to and from the hub. Since the hub is at the rotational axis of the station, it experiences the least artificial gravity and is the easiest location for spacecraft to dock. Zero-gravity industry is performed in non-rotating middle module attached to the hub's axis. The interior space of the Taurus is used as a living space and is large enough that a natural environment could be simulated. The Taurus appears similar to a long, narrow, straight glacial valley whose ends curve upwards and eventually meet overhead to form a complete circle. The population density is similar to a dense suburb, with part of the ring dedicated to agriculture and part to housing. So, you know, like a couple of differences, but basically, you know, a text dump and he had a brief edit. Mm. Just... When, you, when you said they were similar, I thought you were going to read the first paragraph. <laughs> it, was import- it was important. <laughs> you understand. No, I meant, I meant that I didn't realise he copied so much. I know. <laughs> this, like, this is the first chapter of his book and, you know, we're nearly done after that. He's, it's a he's pretty already short chapter. run out of ideas. I know. Straight it's away. Like, he's like, oh, I don't know what to say. That's Wikipedia. Like, that's like a fifth, a quarter of the first chapter of the book is a Wikipedia dump. <laughs> I can't <And> believe it. <laughs> argu- arguably that section, if, now, knowing that now, it makes it stand out a lot from the rest of the... It uh, understands why the reading actually passes for the most part. <laughs> <sighs> Just like I was, because last night I was doing like a reread and taking some notes, and I was just I wanted to work out if the if the one point eight kilometer the thing sort like one g a second spinning, I mean a minute spinning thing passed mathsly. And yeah, he uses a minute here. Not yeah, one. yeah, it's a minute. Uh, but uh, so so I just like so I was like actually, what is a Stanford Taurus? Because yeah, I can like. You know, I had like a picture of it in my head, but I'm like, Stanford, that's very specific, you know, what's that actually from? So I googled that, and it was just like, immediately, this, the Wikipedia article, verbatim. I was just like, oh my fucking god, I didn't expect this. I expected to take the piss out of him for <laughs> messing up some numbers or something, and like, you know, implying like the space station was like, I don't know, like a mile or something. But no, it's just, he just copied it all from Wikipedia. <laughs> can't believe it oh my god that's amazing so yeah that that's that's pretty much the description of the station they go to um and then he meets this girl uh, and the chapter ends on that bombshell yeah uh, in that painful last paragraph god that paragraph is terrible like in your book it's probably bad but in mine it's <laughs> definitely worse it's yeah. literally uh, five lines of one sentence uh, with 
commas that make absolutely no sense. Um, yeah, it's just, and it like ends with, unbeknownst to him, the pair of them would get to know each other much more in the following not so distance future. Does your one say yep. distance too? Yep, yeah, it does. Great. So it ends on a spelling mistake, and it just, even if it was right, that would pass horribly in what's meant to be sort of like a, ooh, the adventure begins drawing you in. But, but just, yeah, th- this is our story. <laughs> this is our tale. <laughs> Oh dear. <laughs> yeah, and um, another thing I've just noticed is uh, the beginning of each chapter there is a little, um, I guess a title for the chapter. Um, this one is Sailing Through the Void. Uh, and in for the first chapter it is capitalised. Uh, all the other chapters it's not. Oh yeah. My, in my book. The same, like, yeah, like the first one is it's capitalised in its entirety. In like the other ones, just like the first letters capitalized. Uh, there was one of the ones in your book that was just unformatted. Yeah, but here we'll... it is. Yeah, <laughs> chapter chapter six. It's it's exactly the same as the rest the rest of the chapter. <laughs> yeah. But it's got the little uh, sort of tilde Tilled. symbol. Yeah, that's yeah. correct. Uh, it's got it, that next to it. Again, it's it's not done that in my chapter six. My chapter six is okay. <laughs> Uh, and you mentioned uh, that they had blank pages after them. I think yours has more than mine. Yeah. Uh, but mine does have a blank page just in the middle of the book for no reason. Randomly. Yeah. Quite odd. I, I like to think it's uh, to give you time to breathe. Yeah, it you know? gives you time to reflect on what's just happened, you know. You know, you need, like, some downtime from the emotional roller coaster, or you might be overwhelmed. <laughs> uh, there's just... There's just one uh, one other thing that I wanted to bring up. Just like, it's like I might be reading too much into this, but from the way that he says, Deep Space Trade Void Station 58 was not the first Taurus station he had ever been on, but it was the first Deep, Sp- deep Space Taurus, and he was in awe of the huge lake. But yeah, so is it just me, or does that imply that this is the first time he's ever been on, on Deep Space Trade Void Station 58? It kind of sounds to me like it is, just like... It's like, it wasn't the first I've ever been on, but this was the first made kind of thing. <laughs> it's like, oh, and I'm in awe of this place. You know, it yeah. makes it sound like it's new to him. But but I, I guess, know. I know, also, I, I might be stretching with that one. Also, why did they, uh, It's the, it was the first Deep Space Taurus, but they called it uh, Station 58? I guess I mean, I that's guess not. There not are necessi- other types of station. Yeah, I... I I find it odd that it's, uh, you ha- like, yeah, that could go either way. I could see them being like, this is a new type of station. It's like a new series and a new number. But, you know, I'll give him that one. It could just go on at the end. This is a new station for the deep space trade void shit. So, st- so you know, this is number 58. But still, though, if I would have thought that if this was the first one, it would be the least impressive, though. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, yeah. it, you know, this was the prototype. I mean, I know that doesn't always bear out. Like, sometimes, you know, prototypes get lavished with way more money than's reasonable kind of thing. Mm, and so... it could have some sort of prestige of being the first one. So... Yeah. So, again, I'll, I'll give him that one. But it did just uh, But there are some thoughts that stand me to say, this is the first one, but it's apparently the best. Okay. <laughs> it's amazing. I also find it a little odd that, like, this trading office that he's heading to is, like, in the out in the outer donut kind of thing, rather than in the hub where, you know, all of the ships and all of the actual 
goods being traded in and out yeah, are going it's, to be it's congregated. Out, it's out by the lake. Yeah, obviously. It's, it's, I mean, I guess you know, it's like you know, this guy is like the captain, uh, like the ca- uh, captain of this tour, so he's going to be where it's nice, you know, even if it is inconvenient, and makes all of the captains have to sort of like go through this massive elevator from the hub and walk along next to this lake for ages to get to him, and then he has to take another elevator up to see him. You Not know, that's... just elevators, high-speed lifts. I'll ah, have you know. Sorry. <laughs> Very you, you futuristic. Got me there. <laughs> and that's capitalised, so they're they're a thing in oh, the yeah. future. Patent pending. Yeah. If, unless you have anything else, I think I've, I think we've covered chapter one in far more detail than it ever deserved. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that's all the notes I made. Um, yeah. So, I guess I mean I have no idea how this is going to sound after it's all been edited together. I mean. There were some problems early on that hopefully I'll edit out, but we'll see. And, you know, we don't know quite how well the audio balance is going to work out, but whatever, you know. I'll I'll work on it far more than I should for something no one's ever going to listen to, so I'm sure it'll be fine. And next week, us two bookends are going to be reading Chapter 2. What's, what's the subtitle? Introductions are in order. <laughs>